Hey guys, we're back again with another episode of Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast um, for people in a relationship with TV. <laughs> Perfect for Valentine's Day week, actually. Yeah, I actually just realized that it's Valentine's week and because neither of us are have Valentine's, I don't think it even came across our minds that we should like do Valentine's theme. <laughs> no... We got other bigger fish to fry. Yeah. More important things than Valentine's. Than love. Like, for instance, our top threes. <laughs> our top threes are really important this week. Mm-hmm. We've and wanted to rank these for a while. So we're going to rank our top three. Something I've noticed that I do a lot is I, like, do a lot of, like, dragging out when I'm, like, about to announce something. I'm like, for my number one. You're very suspenseful. I hate it. <laughs> I'm trying not to do it. Um, we're ranking our top three DCOM originals. <laughs> and if you don't know what DCOM is, it's Disney Channel Original Movies. So I guess it was a little redundant to say DCOM Originals. Disney channel original movie originals (laughs) (laughs) original movie original movies Mm -hmm. it started out with just our favorite tv movies but it ended up just being decoms Mm -hmm. i mean even if i listed out every uh like made for television movie the top three would be decoms anyway it'd be the same so what is your number three my number three decom is brink Mm mm-hmm Good job. Thank you. Brink was a bonus for mine because I decided to go with a girl power theme. Um, but, man, I think that was my first crush on a the male species. Really? Maybe. I mean, he's... What Eric year did that come out? Is that going to be embarrassing to me that I was like a late bloomer or something? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is that um, that's mine was around the same time, but it just happened earlier because I'm older than you. Yeah, that's true. My, well, I had, like, um, really innocent ones, like, on Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah. And Derek Jeter. (laughs) Derek Jeter. I loved Derek Jeter when I was little. Interesting. It was, yeah, it was weird. (laughs) But, um, but he was hot. But my first big crush was on Antonio Banderas and the Mask of Zorro. (laughs) It's such a Jordan thing. Anyway. <laughs> Maybe that's the next thing we can rank. Our top three first crushes. That would have been a really good one for this week. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> that's okay, though. But yeah, Brink, I think, was the first decom I saw. I don't think it was the very first. I think Under Wraps was the first mm-hmm. one. But Brink was just so special. And Eric Von Detten is so cute. So cute. Where With is he skaters. now? I don't know. I don't know either. The last thing I know for sure was Princess Diaries. Mm -hmm. But then, did you also know that he was... Because you know how he's the voice of Sid in Toy Story? Oh, yeah. He was um, Sid again in Toy Story 3. Is Sid in Toy Story 4? I hope so. Wow. But he's only in Toy Story 3 in, like, the background because he works at the dump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so funny that he still (laughs) was the voice. Well, I'm going to insta-stalk him later. Good idea. One of my favorite, favorite things is to find Brinks in the wild. I feel like I always find doppelgangers for his character. Where are they? Well, one of them was 
interestingly enough, was at Classic Skating. He's a soul skater even uh-huh. to this day. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah, it was very beautiful. I also think that my brother kind of is doing a brink thing right now, too. With his hair? Mm-hmm. Does he like to rollerblade? No. <laughs> That's funny. Well, he could be, he could like bring it back to this new young generation. I, it's a thing. I think that kids these days kind of are have the same style and hair style. Yeah, it is. It's like those 90s coming back. Mm-hmm. I hate it. <laughs> anyway. Subtweet at your brother. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what's your number three? My number three is Gotta Kick It Up. Si se puede. Si se puede, si se puede. Um, yeah, and America Ferrera. I remember that was, like, the first time I saw her in anything. And I loved her. I thought she was so special. And it was just, like, a good girl power movie. Mm-hmm. And also, like, showing main characters with different body styles, which mm-hmm. was important to me. And, yeah, I just loved it. It is really good. And it's so good because all the main characters were girls and they were all really different from each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they still is... had to, like, figure out how to be friends. And Yeah. And that's why it's important to have so many female characters in shows and movies because usually if it's, like, there's one girl character, she's just playing kind of, like, a stock female. Mm-hmm. But when there's so many, there's just so many different You're able to represent all the different things that girls can be. Exactly. For the good and the bad. Yeah. More complex. Yeah. Did you know that the coach is the voice of Meg and Hercules? Okay, I feel like I did know that. Like, I'm not surprised by that, but I didn't, I couldn't have ever, like, pulled that out of it anywhere, so. I'm gonna try to have a piece of trivia for every single It sounds like you're going to. (laughs) Well, because you know what I loved? Movie surfers on the Disney Channel. I always wanted to be one. I forgot about that. Like, how did those, well, remember Christina Milian was one? Yeah. Interesting. I should have been one of those. Well, that's what we're doing right now. Exactly. We changed the name of the podcast to the movie surfer, the TV surfers, <laughs> channel surfers. Wow. Oh my really gosh. Missed a hmm. good one. No, Girl Meets Show is good. Yeah, it is. Sorry. Okay. Number two. <laughs> okay. So now I'm getting into girl power. Xenon is my number two. It's perfect. I love it um, so much. It. It's amazing how they invent their own slang, like mm-hmm. Cetus Lapidus, mm-hmm. which I was actually just looking up recently. I don't remember why, but I wanted to know if it meant something, mm-hmm. and I don't think it does. No. It's like, I because I was wondering if it was like Latin for something. I think it just is a weird phrase they just made up for the movie. But it's perfect. It's amazing. It was just so fun. The fashion is out Iconic. of this world. Yes. Literally. Literally. Raven is so cute and mm-hmm. great in it. Mm-hmm. Her hair is amazing. Everything is just so good. It, like, really influenced my style. It was so influential. And, like, <laughs> um... The I, color schemes. The color schemes, the hairstyles, the creativity of, like, making your own outfits. Mm-hmm. Um, she was the, just a cool... Pers- like, she's just an another great, interesting girl. Yeah. Who also happened to be in love with and obsessed with a boy band. Like, a boy in a band. hmm And 
That was very relatable to me then and is very <laughs> relatable to me now. Taylor is a professional fangirl. Yeah, I am. You really are, like, very Xenon-esque. Thank you. And you're very creative. It's a very and artistic compliment. Compliment. <laughs> you're Zetus welcome. Lapidus. <laughs> it's so good. And it. Protozoa, A, hot, B, amazing song, mm-hmm. Supernova Girl. My Supernova Girl. It's like, that would be, it should have been on the radio in real life. Yeah, it should have. I think in this day of day and age, it would be. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how The Shallow is winning all these awards. Yeah, seriously. Breaking that fourth wall, you know? Yeah. If only. If only. Protozoa <laughs> could have been an EGOT <laughs> winner. And where is he now? More research for after. Yeah. Um, okay, my number two is Cadet Kelly. That was a good one. I didn't know that one as well. Really? Yeah. Oh. I could go on and on. I... <laughs> um, my favorite thing that came from Cadet Kelly was the online game. Did you ever play it? No. There was a game where you had to get Cadet Kelly through a obstacle course, and I played it after school every day, and I was so good at it, and I was obsessed with it, and I wish it still existed. Yeah, I do too. Was it just like on the Disney Channel website? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, fun. It was very fun. So That's amazing. That's probably one of my main reasons it's so high in my list, um, but also... Hilary Duff, so good. Mm-hmm. And Christy Carlson Romano. Amazing. Again, two very different people building a friendship. All the DCOMs basically uh, passed the Bechdel test. Yeah. I was actually, when I was like um, brainstorming all of the ones I could think of up, off the top of my head, I was shocked that they all have like really good, positive female stories Mm -hmm. and i feel like they did a good job of kind of alternating like one because they were putting these out every single month Mm -hmm. one a month and really good entertaining movies Mm -hmm. and they did a good job of like one would have a male protagonist the next i feel like almost they would alternate like and then there'd be a female protagonist and Mm -hmm. then a male protagonist like it was that's so cool so then any kid it's not like it's only a girl thing to watch these Mm mm-hmm no. Like, I feel like I remember boys watching Cadet Kelly yeah. and Xenon, because mm-hmm. they were just fun and cool. And whoever those boys are, where are you now? Yeah, hit us up. We <laughs> just talked at length about that we're single. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us your favorite decoms. <laughs> but <Well>, seriously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, My number one is Motocrossed. Mm-hmm. My ultimate girl power anthem movie basically probably the reason i'm a feminist today (laughs) it was so good because it made me think even in like middle school about how unfair it was that she couldn't Mm -hmm. and it was also really entertaining and the boy all the boys in it were really cute Mm -hmm. especially the main one oh yeah i loved him and i'm pretty sure that did they film part of that one in utah I feel like they probably filmed 80% of the decoms yeah, in Utah. Yeah, I actually have a experience. I saw Beverly Mitchell when they were making the one where she's a race car driver. With Brie Larson? Yes. Um, 
at like our local community center. I was oh, there with doing like a day camp and she was they were filming something with her there. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because back then she was way more famous. Oh, and totally. now look at Brie. I know. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway, sorry, back to motocross. Oh, it's there's not that much more really. It's just I loved it. It was really funny to me. And um, I always remember the commercial when they would go behind the scenes and mm-hmm. they told the main girl she really did have to cut her hair <laughs> like a boy. Mm-hmm. Well, she looked great as both. She was She so was an cute. attractive male and a beautiful female. That was part of what was so funny about the movie is that they really did a good job of making her look like a boy. Yeah. It wasn't like, it was totally unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It was no. so good. She did. She looked, she looked hot. They fooled Taylor. <laughs> Yeah, it was just, I loved that movie. It was really fun. And to this day, I kind of think of myself as a motocross expert. (laughs) (laughs) I think of you like that, too. Thank you. Okay, for my number one, it's a tie. But one of them was Xenon. So I'll skip that one. (laughs) But just know it's my number one. So it's a tie with Xenon and Smart House. You probably could have guessed it. (laughs) Because I refer to smart house a lot well you really do (laughs) it was clearly very formative it really was (laughs) i love that the house party song Mm -hmm. jump jump the the house is jumping yeah that was like very important to me and we have here in utah there's this a place where all the concerts are and it's called like vivant smart home arena but i just call it the smart house (laughs) (laughs) and um, I just always refer to it. And, like, the mom. That Pat. Pat. Good old Pat. Um, I love her and joke about her all the time. So, like, it's very important to me in my day-to-day 2019 life. Yeah, you you find a way to bring it, this, the magic of that decom mm-hmm. to your everyday life, even now yeah. as an adult. Yes. Did you love Ryan Merriman? Did you have a crush on him? Is that the dad or the, the main kid? main kid. Because he was in... Look of the Irish. Look, and he was in PLL. Remember? Oh, yeah. I actually for, totally forgot about that. I'm When you said his name, it did not sound familiar. I just have never even read his name, apparently. It's so crazy because <laughs> I feel like me and my friends said his name a lot. Even through high school? One of my friends was in love with him. Yeah, and like or 13th year. That's, right? That's is that a him. different guy? That's... I remember that that kid in the commercials, his name is like Chet Starbuck. <laughs> I remember wow. the I remember the commercials like yeah the he is a different person. I don't... Ryan Merriman was cuter than that yeah. guy, I think. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, well, that was like the dream that you could ask for a milkshake and it would just appear on your counter. Yeah. Well, and also remember the sister. She's probably my favorite part. Well, and she's in Brink. Mm-hmm. She's the perfect little sister. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see, um, you know how ABC Family had movies too? Did yeah. you ever see Au Pair? Yeah, she's I think I did. the sister in that too. She plays the good sister. She's like the quintessential 90s little <laughs> sister. She's like wearing overalls and a bandana. And she's like bratty, but mm-hmm. smart. Mm-hmm. And, and she like loves sassy Say La Vie and... by Bewitched. Yep. And that is the most important part of her. Yeah, it is. I wish that they had played that in every movie she was in. <laughs> that would have been awesome. We need to stalk her, too. Yeah. So add her to the list. 
One of my bonuses is um, Johnny Tsunami. Mm. I loved that one. That was one I never really could get into. I That one was one of the first ones after we got Cable that was new. Mm. Um, and I just loved Lee Thompson Young, who was Jet Jackson. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, in that movie, and he was so cute, and I just, I liked that one. But it's a bonus. But if I were doing a top five, it would probably be five, and Smart House would probably be four. Okay. For me. Um, But it's it feels bad ranking them, because I, I know. if I were just going to sit down and watch any of these, I would be so happy. These better be on the Disney streaming. That's what I'm hoping. That is more important to me even than Taika's Star Wars show. (laughs) (laughs) And that's saying a lot. Yeah. A couple things we can't not mention. Camp Rock. Yeah. The thing about Camp Rock is that that was after my time. But I did still listen to all the songs in college. (laughs) Jonas Brothers time, so. Yeah. Well, I was done watching Disney Channel, but I watched that. That was me with High School Musical. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That Which is sense. also crucial. That one, you know what? Because when I think of DCOMs, I think of the ones I watched when I was really young. Mm-hmm. But that is also a really important DCOM. I love High School Musical. It's a very important. It's beautiful that it even started there. Yeah, it is. Look how far we came. Yeah, from a ladder on a stage as the set during to... Bop to the Top. <laughs> oh, Cheetah Girls? I never really watched Cheetah Girls. Wow. These are, like, just, like, I wasn't really watching it anymore. It's sad. I guess that's true. It was 2003. Yeah, so I was in, I was in high school. I still could have watched it. You in high school in 2003? Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) I was in fifth grade. I'm four years older (laughs) than you. (laughs) Yeah, because I started ninth grade in 03. Oh, and in where you were from, ninth grade is high school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's making more so sense. So that's the thing. <laughs> I always do forget that, that you guys are junior high and I was middle school. Yeah. So mine was six through eight. But even in Utah, we still have schools that are called middle school, even though it still is ninth grade. So that's oh. also kind of confusing. Yeah, because I always thought that junior high means seven through nine. Mm-hmm. And middle school always means six through eight. Yeah, but... Not here. I think I'm going to still go on believing that. <laughs> well, you can. It just doesn't... I don't know it's about not univer- else, It's not but... like the definition no. of those things. No. Well, they should change it because that is really um, unclear. I agree. But yeah, so you were actually watching like Xenon when you were very little. Yeah. Because what year did Xenon come out? Is that Where is that on this list that you're looking at? Um, oh yeah, Canbrock was 2008. Yeah, so I was literally, because I was on study abroad when that actually came out, <laughs> and then when That's I came crazy. back, I would listen to Demi Lovato's songs and Jonas Brothers. So Xenon was 1999, so I was seven. <gasps> oh my <laughs> gosh. I was, see, that is when I was in fifth grade. But here's the thing. So my best friend was two years older than me. And that changes and, everything. Yeah. So every single month we would have a big sleepover and watch the decom of the month it and was a seven big event seven years old <laughs> that is so little <laughs> that you know it's so funny though because that explains so much of like you got such Me an early person? start on <laughs> like pop culture stuff 
I feel, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what are other seven-year-olds watching? I don't know. Sesame don't... Street? <laughs> Seven is are so... Are they watching Sesame Street? I don't know. Maybe, like, um... What were we watching? I don't know. Like, I watched, I guess... I don't even think Arthur was out yet when I was seven. Because I was seven in 1995. Weird. <laughs> it's weird to spread out the timeline like that. <sighs> Um, 1995 was like when Pocahontas came out. That feels like one million years old. Yeah, compared to Xenon. Well, so did you ever watch Stuck in the Stub- Stuck in the Suburbs? I did watch that one. I loved with, that one as well with Taron Killam and Isn't he Brenda the- Song. I loved Brenda Song. I would still watch some of those. Oh, I did watch Pixel Perfect because I was in love with Ricky Ullman. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to stop and think about him for a second. <laughs> Moment wow. of silence. <laughs> He's in an episode of Broad City. Oh, is he? Yeah, and he looks the same as he did in Pixel Perfect. That's funny. So hot. Do, 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 do. That's our new jingle to switch between segments. Segments. So now so- we're on to TV news. TV news. Da dun dun. <laughs> it's beautiful. Okay, I will start with this very exciting to me piece of information. <laughs> um, Chad Michael Murray is going to be in Riverdale. <laughs> it's awesome. I think it's going to be great. I feel like that is actually such a good segue from DCOMs because like, we moved in time from talking to DCOMs and then now we're on to Chad Michael Murray. Who was like a teenage heartthrob back in the day. Yeah. And now we're talking about... Riverdale is kind of a now decom, <laughs> if that made any sense. Teens love it. Teens love and it. And Taylors love it. Twenty-something-year-olds. So anyway, I'm excited about that. Yeah, that's really cool. Do you know who he's gonna play? Like, is he someone's dad? No, he's like a cult leader. Oh. Mm-hmm. That is so funny that it is about cults. Yeah, this season has been interesting. I'm not. Cu- all the way caught up, but I know who his character is, and it'll okay. be interesting how to see how he plays it. That's fun. Because I feel like I've only seen him in A Cinderella Story and A One Tree Hill. And Freaky Friday. Oh, yeah. I love him in Freaky Friday, too. Yeah, that's true. He's funny. But I've never seen him like be like anything but like a hot dude, so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see him playing a cult leader. Yeah. Like, it's a quirky, interesting thing. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. I'm proud of him. Me too. The only other news that I have is just, like, a lot of premiere dates that have been announced. The most important being Veep, March 31st. I'm excited. That's soon. It's way soon. Sooner than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I'm so excited. She looks so good in that picture. Yeah. The picture that they tweeted out to announce it is really good. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Handmaid's Tale is not going to be until June 5th, which is interesting because it's usually April, so they're not going to be, they're not going to qualify for the Emmys. Oh, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that's when the cutoff was. Yeah. And then Big Little Lies. I don't think they've, I don't, I still don't think they've announced an actual date, but it just said coming in June. So that also means I think that they won't be eligible for this year's Emmys. 
That is really surprising. Mm Mm-hmm. Especially since um, they did so well at the Emmys. Not this last one, but the Mm -hmm. previous one. Yeah. Interesting. Well, that'll be a really fun summer then. Yeah, I agree. Okay, what do you have? Um, The only thing I have is that... um, Well, actually, one thing is that uh, Dirty John's coming to Netflix, which I'm excited about. Yeah, This week, I think. So that'll be good. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to bring up that... Brad Pitt was at Jennifer Aniston's birthday party. <laughs> some good hot goss. So I really want to see some pics of that. I know. I only saw a picture of him, like, coming or going. Dang. Well, and did you see on Comments by Celebs, um, it showed um, Kate Hudson posted, like, a photo booth of her and Gwyneth and Jennifer Aniston at Jennifer's party. Mm-hmm. And Katy Perry commented on it and was like, no social media. Like, there was not social media allowed at her party. Yeah, like, she made a rule about it. Yeah. So, But I then think... Kate Hudson said, I got permission. Uh-huh. So, I just don't think that we'll be getting any pics. I know. But the Justin Thoreau thing, it actually really confused me today because he posted this, like, really, like, romantic post about how much he loves her and all this nice stuff and i was like wait yeah for her birthday together it was was confusing it was but it was really nice yeah but it actually it made me like question if i knew like i didn't know if they got back together Mm -hmm. or something it was that that's how romantic it was i think it was just when they broke up they were very sure to make everyone believe that they were breaking up together and that they're still going to be friends you know so Mm it's just like Here's proof. I'm going to post a happy birthday publicly to her, even though she doesn't even have Instagram. So that's another reason why it's funny. (laughs) And who knows if he was invited to the party, too. (laughs) Like, she just invites all of her exes to her 50th party because, like, So maybe it was, like, a passive-aggressive move. Right. And I could... I can totally see him doing that. (laughs) Even though... Isn't it funny that he's, like, best friends with the Queer Eye guys? Yeah. It's amazing. It confuses me. But any... They can make me love anybody. Yeah. But, yeah, that was the only... Those are the pieces of news I had. Okay, then. Okay, this week... We kind of already talked about Sundance, but we didn't really go into specific things we watched or saw. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of wanted to talk about them specifically because mostly everything we saw was purchased by... Um, Amazon or Netflix. Exactly. So they're going to be streamed. Yeah. Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> so, yeah. And one that we're talking about is on Netflix right now. And even though it premiered at Sundance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're talking about the wackadoo movie Velvet Buzzsaw, which we watched this week. So are we talking about that first? Yeah, I think we should talk about that one first. <laughs> okay. Because I think we liked it the least. <laughs> well, you liked it more than I did. I liked it more than you did because, to me, it felt like I was, uh, it was like, uh, could have been a Goosebumps book. That was yeah. what I thought the whole time because it was very um, silly and not really scary at all. Well, okay. Before we get into that. You should give your brief overview of what this movie is about. Because I am interested to see what you say. So, basically, and I couldn't probably tell you, like, the nitty-gritty of the plot because it was kind of not well 
elaborated on. Yeah. But basically, um, it's all about kind of like the art scene, like gallery scene. Mm -hmm. And so you have these like really competitive galleries and um, this one girl who I think is like a junior gallery employee she a guy dies in her apartment complex and um it turns out that he's an artist and his apartment's full of art that he was trying to set on fire and destroy and she thinks it's really good and so she wants to like get ahead in her career so she takes it but then everyone finds out about it the art and they're all like obsessed with it but then it starts killing people (laughs) and that's the story that's basically it and like so then all the characters that, like, randomly come into the plot are all to do with the art scene. Like, Jake Gyllenhaal's an art critic. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Collette is, like, I think she, I can't remember if she's, like, an art agent, I think, or a gallery owner. Yeah, I think she's, like, a gallery, a person that works for a gallery at first, but then she also changes jobs in the middle of the movie to an actual personal agent. Okay. And then Rene Russo plays, like, the main kind of, like, gallery queen, the boss lady. I think that's her actual title on her business card. <laughs> gallery queen. Yeah, look her up on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's just, like, 1,000 other characters. Yeah. It's, like, a very um, celeb-heavy movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though I liked everyone in it, there were too many characters. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Collette was the best one, I thought. Oh, yeah. And she looked so good. Yeah, she looked amazing. She really pulled off that, like, platinum short, short, short bob. Yeah, yeah, she looked so good. Um, But also, back to what you were saying before I made you give a brief overview. Um, There were funny parts, but they were kind of random that I was like, giggling a little bit and then I was like am I supposed to be laughing about this am I laughing about this because it's bad or am I laughing about it because it's actually funny so that was how I felt about it I was confused like what to think about it well and that is kind of why it reminded me so much of a Goosebumps book because I loved Goosebumps as a kid and I thought they were scary and then when I was a teenager, I, like, found one in my house, and I was just kind of reading through it again, and I was like, oh, this is, like, very sarcastic and funny and not scary. But I don't think that this, I don't know, I feel like they should have leaned more into it, kind of, like, more, even more campy. hmm I agree. Because I feel like, um, like, Jake Gyllenhaal's character was so dramatic that I feel like if everyone had been more like him, it would have been better. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, it almost felt like they were um, making fun of the art scene, just like by the way that they, the actors were portraying the characters. It seemed mm-hmm. like they were kind of making fun of, like, snooty art people. But I don't really think that that was the point. I don't know. They should have leaned into it more or backed away from it more. Yeah. Either be more subtle or go even further. Yeah. Because then it was just confusing as to, like, what was the point. Yeah, and I was expecting it to have more actually scary parts. Yeah, there were only, like, two. Yeah, and 
it really, I mean, if you're intrigued by this movie, but you don't like scary movies, you should still watch it because it wasn't scary. Yeah. I had a, I had a friend text me. They were like, I watched Velvet Buzzsaw last night, a scary movie. Aren't you so proud of me? And I was like, I mean, yeah, but it's not scary. (laughs) And she was like, I know I was laughing. It really was. There were certain parts that when the murders happened that were, I was laughing, but I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be funny. It's like you're saying. Yeah. There were some parts that I thought looked cool. Like, some of the deaths looked kind of sweet. Well, and it was a cool idea. Like, art is a very interesting topic, and I think it could have been a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. Especially because wasn't it made by the same person as Nightcrawler? Yeah. So, that also gave me a lot more hope. So, I think the hype was just too much. I had Jake Gyllenhaal... And he um, was really going for it in this movie. He was. He well, he doesn't half-ass anything. No. So he goes complete full maniac. And he has ugly baby bangs, and it's hilarious. <laughs> it really is so funny. It was also confusing as to what time period it was taking place because he Jake had a Dylan Hall's character had a flip phone, but other characters had iPhones. Yeah, that was interesting. But I th- was that like more commentary on like how he was as a like he's like such a hipster that he has a flip phone or something. Yeah, maybe. But then that's something else that they should have like made comment on. Yeah, because that's just another thing. I, for me, it's kind of hard to even like describe what really was the missing link because sometimes they did go all out, mm-hmm. but then I don't know. Like, the, it, you're right. It is an interesting idea. It should be good. Yeah, it should. I'm really curious how, um, like, what was the audience like when it premiered at Sundance, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Because the whole time I was watching it with a couple of friends, we were all just, like, every 20 minutes, it was like, what is happening? That's the other thing is I watched it alone. Yeah, so, so it was different a little bit. Yeah. Because I would have liked to kind of... I feel like that would have given me more, um, like, a foundation to see, like, am, am I just reacting this way myself? Mm-hmm. I felt like I was the only one in the group that was, like, chuckling at some points. So that's why I was also, like, should I be laughing at this or not? <laughs> I don't know. So that's our review of that. <laughs> yeah. It, it's one of those where I'm, like, it makes sense that it just immediately went to Netflix. Yeah. But... Good stuff immediately goes to Netflix. Like, Roma was, like, my favorite movie of the year. And so they have a high... They should have a high standard, but there's just so much content that, of course, there's going to be stuff that isn't as good. But, like, with that many high-level actors, and there was quite a bit of, like, buzz... No pun intended. (laughs) ...around it. And... um. I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal, like, he hasn't been in anything for so long. Yeah, And now the in... next thing we have to watch him in is Spider-Man? Yeah. That's I depressing. Just say, I think it's one of those movies that made a really great trailer, and then yeah, it, it just, like, they couldn't carry it out. No. Because when I saw the trailer, I was stoked. Yeah. Well, I love a good horror film. Yeah. But there was no horror in it. <laughs> it wasn't scary at all. I think that maybe if they were good at all about like building tension mm-hmm. because like there were certain parts that I I didn't jump at all no it was shockingly not scary yeah 
What it's just so it was a weird experience. Yeah, it's weird. So, if you're curious, watch it. If you feel indifferent about it, don't watch it. It's not worth it. Yeah, it's it's like an hour and a half, two hours of your time that yeah. you won't get back. I kind of just wish that I was in my own bed watching Game of Thrones. But it is what it is. And the things we do for this podcast. We are sacrificing a lot. Okay. Um, okay, so me and Jordan were very lucky. Magically, we got tickets to see Late Night, Mindy Kaling's movie at Sundance. And it was purchased by Amazon in, like, one of the biggest Sundance purchases in history, which Mm -hmm. is amazing. I'm so proud of her. Yeah. And we both loved it. Yeah, I loved it. So I know this is a little preemptive because, I mean, who knows when it will be in theaters slash on Amazon. But the minute it is, you all must go see it. It's so good. I guess I'll do a brief summary. Yeah. So Emma Thompson is the star, and she is playing a well-established late-night host, which is a world I'd love to live in. Mm-hmm. She'd be a great late-night host. And it turns out that she has zero women on her writing staff, and so they they basically like force her to hire a woman. And that new female writer happens to be Mindy mm-hmm. Kaling. And so it kind of follows them as... Emma's character, they're trying to save her show because they're going to give it to an up-and-coming comedian, played by Ike Barinholtz, <laughs> our fave. He's really good. And I don't know. I felt like it could have gone um, and been, like, really cliche, mm-hmm. but it actually wasn't. It wasn't at all. It brought up really interesting points to consider because... Um, At the beginning, they talk about how they're like, oh, well, you've always had a problem with other women and blah, blah, blah. And, um, which could have gone a really predictable route, but it really didn't. Mm -mm. I really liked the directions the movie took and they brought up a lot of Me Too stuff in interesting ways. Yeah, interesting, new, and different ways that also were, like, really great. Yeah, and, like, I find myself, um, thinking about the ending of the movie a lot and just being really inspired Mm -hmm. and hopeful about the future and... I loved it. And it was also genuinely hilarious. It was so funny. Our favorite, favorite boy, John Early, was in it. And he was in it way more than I thought he was going to be. Yeah, I thought maybe he would, like, pass in every once in a while. Also, he looked hot. Yeah, he looked really great. And also Reed Scott. Yeah, our boy Reed Scott from Veep. So it was, like, a perfect cast for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was almost like we... Like, she read our minds. Like, we put it out into the universe, and she picked up what we were putting down. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, like, they show these segments that they're filming for the late night show, and they are so funny. Mm -hmm. Like, her stand-up is really funny, and I jokingly said that this one movie was more funny than than all of Midge Maisel's stand-ups combined. It's kind of joking, but kind of serious. Well, I think that it's fair to say that the funniest parts of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel are not the stand-up. Exactly. Of not just Midge, but also any stand-up comedian. Yeah. Yeah, true. And so I I don't need to get into how uh, staunchly I agree with your statement. 
Um, I feel like the last point I will make is that the styling was very good. Oh, Every yeah. single outfit that Emma Thompson wore was amazing, and I want to wear jump or wear power suits for the rest of my life. She looked stunning. Her hair. I love when female actresses that are middle aged look their age. Like they let them, they don't try to just make them look younger, mm-hmm. but they just look powerful and beautiful. It yep. reminds me of when I saw Wonder Woman and how I felt about Robin Wright in that. Yeah. Like you can see her like wrinkles. Yeah, like her facial wrinkles and stuff, and she looked amazing. Yeah. Like that doesn't mean you're not beautiful. No. By like having falsely smooth skin, you know? Yeah. And she looked her so in late night, Emma Thompson looks her age, but she looks amazing. Like that is mm-hmm. her look. Yeah, I agree. Um, another thing I'll say that we talked about was that, um, Mindy did a really great job of not kind of just repeating her Mindy Lahiri role from Mindy Project. Yeah, this was something different that, um, she really branched out and, um, did a good job of convincing you of this character. I was worried that I would kind of just imagine Mindy Lahiri. Totally. But she was, like, still the Mindy we know and love, but it was, she definitely was, like, more um, acting more subtly than mm-hmm. I've ever seen her act. And yeah, she did but great. she's still funny and, yeah, did a really good job. Yeah, and she bounced off the other actors really well. They mm-hmm. all had really great chemistry. It was just really fun to watch. Yeah. So, yeah, we loved it. And I think the crowd we were with loved it, too. Yeah, I think so. So I hope it comes out semi-soon. Yeah, and we'll go see it with you guys mm-hmm. when it comes to theaters. Another thing that I saw was Britney Runs a Marathon that was also purchased by Amazon. So, and it's another one I highly, highly, highly recommend. So when it comes to theaters or Amazon, watch it. It is about a girl who um, kind of finds herself in a rut as far as her career and just life in general And she starts working out and running and kind of um, how things in her life change because of it and the lessons she learns as she um, makes career changes and loses weight and um, dating. It's a very interesting commentary on all of those topics, which are relatable to me. And it was hilarious um, also, the guy who plays Mindy's brother in the Mindy Project is in it. Oh my gosh, I love him. He's really good. Cool. And, um, yeah, so I'll just keep it short and sweet and I don't have to talk a ton about it, but just know I really loved it. I bawled like a baby. I saw it alone, so that also helped with my emotions being more s- sensitive. It was like a therapy session. Yeah, it was. I'm really, really, really excited to see that. Yeah, I'm excited for you to see it, too. I can't wait. I'm happy about... I love Amazon purchasing the best movies because it makes them so easily accessible. Exactly. It's like how they got the big sick. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. Well, and they go on Amazon Prime, like, basically right after they are done in the theaters. Mm-hmm. So there's not a ton of waiting time. It's the best. The last one we'll talk about, I saw um, the Jordan Peele-produced documentary Lorena about um, Lorena Bobbitt, who is famous for the incident in the 90s where she cut off her husband's penis. (laughs) 
And I had heard of that, and I'm not really sure how I knew about that because it was in 1993, and so I would have been five years old. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure I learned about it from I Love the 90s on VH1 or something because I, like, absorbed those shows like a sponge. But um, it was so fascinating because even to this day, um, most people think that she cut his penis off because he was cheating on her and she was like enraged and jealous but he was actually abusive their whole marriage and repeatedly raped her and like beat her up and like was threatening her all the time and that if she ever left him that he would follow her just horrible situation but no one really talks about that because the media spun it into this like wild story about an enraged Latino woman who like just castrated her husband out of jealousy and so um it goes into detail about there were two trials where he was put on trial for rape because she accused him of rape and then she was also put on trial for her assault and so it's just it's really really fascinating and It's sad to see what the media did to her because that is literally what she's famous for. But it's really a story about um, domestic violence and um, marital and just sexual assault. And it's really, really interesting. And um, it's got it also got picked up by Amazon. And it actually um, it's coming to Amazon Prime um, February 15th. Oh, so So, perfect. Yeah. And so I'm really... Yeah, literally this week. And I'm excited because um, it was a it's a um, four episode documentary series and I only saw the first two. So I'm really excited to watch the rest of it. Okay, so perfect. Now they have something to watch now and something to add to their watch list later. Yeah. So, yeah, I can't wait. And I hope you I guys all watch the, it. They're putting the Michael Jackson docuseries from Sundance on HBO, I believe, this month as well. Also, that did we already mention Netflix bought the Ted Bundy movie with Zac Efron? There's that little tidbit of information, too. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, so that should... I feel like that would be soonish then, but I don't know. So, anyway. Do-do-do. Yeah, the streaming service is really cleaned up. Yeah, they really That's did. That's Sundance this year, so. We are all blessed. Um, okay, who is your crush of the week? Well, I was sick last week and feeling um, weird from just, like, sick brain, you know, and you mm-hmm. just feel kind of off. And so I took our own advice and watched a lot of Parks and Rec, <gasps> one of our pick-me-up shows. <gasps> And I just picked and chose um, some of my fave season two and season three episodes. And that is like maybe the most romantic show on TV. It really is. It is so sweet. And I, first of all, in the second season, I love watching Andy and April's relationship develop. It's the best. And then season three, Ben and Leslie, it is just so beautiful. Well, it's funny that you actually mentioned that because I actually watched an episode today. You did? It's from it was from season five, and it's where, like, Ben's going to get the keys to the city. And so they're already married at this point. And it was just like, he's so sweet. He was just like, I love being married to you. And I was like, <laughs> happy Valentine's Day. 
Well, that's, I was like, wow, this is crazy that I'm watching this, like, leading up to this, like, lovey-dovey week. Yeah, that is So, funny. yeah, Ben Wyatt's my crush this week. He's just so, he's such a funny character. I love how, he's weird. Yeah, he's a weirdo. He's kind very... of like Jughead on Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a weirdo. <laughs> Jordan I... hasn't even watched it, and she still knows that I know, quote. like, the memes. <laughs> I love meme culture. <laughs> Well, I've never watched it, but I'm obsessed with Camila Mendes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, he's my crush this week. He's it is just the build up for Ben and Leslie. It's just so amazing. It is amazing, it's and I so think it good. pays off. A pay. Oh yeah, and it doesn't stop being good once they get together no. and like are public about their relationship mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, I I, I was remembering that in the episode where he proposes to her. I was crying, but not, like, oh, like, a tear. I was, like, covering my head in my hands and sobbing. Shaking. <laughs> it was just so... It was just too much. They're just... They just um be, like, real people. Totally. And it's just amazing watching this guy who loves Leslie so much, and she's so quirky mm-hmm. and never changes herself. Mm-hmm. No. And she doesn't have to. They just, like, embrace each other's weirdness. Yeah. And so, bring it out of each other. I yeah. love it. And they love each other for those weird things. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, mine feels like a complete 180. <laughs> mine comes from watching the Grammys on TV. I don't even know if I can say it. It's Sean Mendez. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't you be able to say it? He's just so young. <laughs> How old is he? I think he's 20. Um, so he's a little baby 20-year-old, but, man, he started playing the piano, and he was wearing this shirtless tee. Sleeveless? Blouse? Yeah, it was a tank top. It was, at first I was questioning it, but, no, it was perfect. It was necessary. (laughs) And... For society. Yes. (laughs) Even, it was Charlie XCX's favorite part of... The Grammys too. So well, I don't argue. Me. I don't argue with Charlie XCX. Um, I trust her. But did you watch any of his and Miley's performance? No, because I so far as of recording this, I've only seen Saint Vincent do a Lipa. Okay. Well, everyone needs to go watch Miley and Sean's performance because it was incredible. And I would have never paired them together, but they complemented each other so well. And he just looked so good, and he sounded incredible. Like, with every single sound that came out of his mouth, my mouth dropped to the floor even more. So, anyway. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, I'm excited for you to watch it, too. I'm excited now for you to see him in concert. Yeah, I just have to wait, like, six more months. (laughs) And I've already been waiting, like, a year. (laughs) That is... One of my favorite things is that Sean Mendez announced his tour, like, was it more than a year in advance? I Something like that. I mean, that makes Taylor Swift's early announcements look normal. Well, and, like, Ariana Grande's concert was go- announced after his, was going to be months before his, and she put out another album before... <laughs> He even started touring. So it's just funny because, man, women are really good at doing a lot of things at once. Yeah. Didn't you say this week 
that people always say we have the same hours in the day as Beyonce, but they should really say as Ariana Grande. Yes. That is a Taylor Groff quote. And she's spot on. Put that on Pinterest. (laughs) Retweet. Yeah. Speaking of Ariana, this is not TV related, but we love the new album. Yeah. Maybe we should have like a bonus episode where we like talk about every song because we love every song. We do commentary on every every song. But I'll just say, if you wanted to get to know me, you better read the lyrics to NASA. Neither of us are what we would call clingy. No. (laughs) We need space. And we're stars. I'm glad we have a uh, place we can go to for our feelings about random things like this. Yeah, this is an extremely random episode. And we hope you like it. We had fun just rambling about stuff we love. <laughs> we covered a lot of ground in this episode. And we yeah. hope that you're still listening. <laughs> <laughs> and now we'll say goodbye. <laughs>